Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Right, one day later than normal, this is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. I'm Tim. JB is there. Good day, Tim. And that is Phil. Hi, Tim. Hands in, pod on three. One, two, three. Pod! Wow, there was every bit of rugby going on at the weekend. There was Pro 12. There was Aviva Premiership. There was Super Rugby. There's even a bit of rugby league if you wanted, and there was, of course, the Six Nations round two of matches with some belting fixtures for us to talk over as well. Like I say, one day later than we normally release a podcast because the Egg Chasers were there soaking up firsthand the atmosphere. Well, actually, JB and Phil were. Stop! You've got a frozen badge attached to your top. Well, this is what I mean. This is this is what my life has become. You were off getting smashed in Scotland, in Edinburgh, and going to the Six Nations. I've just come straight from... Frozen sing-along. What's your favourite song? I'll let it go by a mile. It's awesome. Oh. Uh, but no, my Valentine's Day was the best one I've had in a long time. I got brought cups of tea and custard creams whilst sat in bed watching two back-to-back rugby matches oh, on nice. Saturday. It was awesome. Wow. I was given custard creams on Valentine's Day too. Oh, were yeah. you? We were. 14th, yeah. Yeah, so we're all drinking in a place called is it Three Sisters. The Three Sisters in Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. And me and Broughton Park's first team scrum half are getting rather merry. Then out of nowhere comes another group all dressed up in tweed. It turns out that is the starting eight and the number nine from the team that we were meant to be playing that day from Bolton. You're kidding me. No. <laughs> that's unbelievable. <laughs> wow. What are the chances? And he had custard creams, so that's how that all links together. Excellent. Well, listen, one thing I have done, because I haven't been affected by alcohol in the same way that you have been in the last 24, 48 hours, is I've, uh, I've prepared a little bit of a treat. Oh, yes, please. Now, you know Eddie Butler's montages... Yes. Well, what if Eddie Butler did an introduction for the podcast in his normal montage style? I'd take it. What would that sound like? <laughs> Another week goes by. Another Egg Chasers rugby podcast. A rejuvenated, energised Tim has awoken with more energy than in previous weeks from a nocturnal spell without the kids in his abode. He planned to go to bed early and sleep, and sleep he did, arriving refreshed and ready to do battle against the broken shells of men on the other side of the radio studio. JB, the opinionated North Walian dragon, breathed fire and became even more irritable than normal 
due to heartburn caused by a weekend of getting more smashed than Jamie Heaslip's vertebrae from a Pascal Pape knee to the back. Phil, the placid, diminutive body wreck, so often in prison painting his girlfriend's house whilst the Six Nations is on, let rip in Edinburgh with a display of free-flowing drinking for the ages. A freedom long since consigned to the archives, but here today, alive and well. How would this audio rugby feast go? What quality would unfold in the Egg Chasers rugby podcast to offer the faithful downloaders? That is a tale about to unfold. Nice and ready, Butler, to do that for us, wasn't it? Wow. Well done. That was exceptional. <laughs> Everyone deserves a slow clap at least once in their life. That was for you. Uh, should we get straight into it then? We might as well start with Scotland and Wales. That'll be the one freshest in the memory. And, uh, um, well, <laughs> right, okay. that'll be the that. one where hopefully you have some vague memory of. Yes, we can recall certain events during that game. Mm. Um, it's pretty good. good. Great atmosphere in the stadium. It was a lot better this time than when I went last time. Even though this time Wales won, and last time I went, Wales lost. And I think about Scotland, I'm always a little bit put off. I always think all, all the women are going to have terrible hair and look like Nicola Sturgeon. And <laughs> everyone's going to be, you know, just a bit miserable and more whinging about oil prices. But actually, <laughs> far from it. It's like a little enclave of Richmond oh, or something. Dear. Yeah. Then, it's lovely. Lovely city. We, we've been there a few times on the Bears. Why didn't the Yes campaign get, get JV on board earlier? <laughs> well, tell you what, there's one bit of Edinburgh, because I know every time I'm there, I'm hammered, so I don't really know. It's usually dark because it's Six Nations time, and I think they have about three hours of daylight every day. <laughs> so you walk over the bridge, I don't know where it is, and it's such a contrast because you look to your left and it's just rolling hills. I don't think I've ever seen that in any city. Absolutely stunning. And the drinking was excellent. First thing you notice in Murrayfield is exactly how old that stadium is. That stadium is seriously... It feels like it's creaking. <laughs> it, it's just a big concrete mon- monolith. And then outside of it, they've got the weirdest other stadium. Have you seen the ice hockey stadium? It's, it looks like something from Russia. You know, like a big communist-type building. Anyway, shall we talk about, that, talk about the actual rugby? Yes. Yeah, that was... That, that was, <laughs> that was In terms of the actual action on the pitch, that was probably the pick of the weekend in terms of... Uh, Excitement on the field. Yeah, really open game. One thing early doors, which Reese Webb's play acting, did you see that? Yes. He kind of pretended to fall over someone. Yes. In fact, there was more than one bit of play acting, because the worst, most egregious bit of playing acting was uh, Johnny Beatty uh, for Jonathan Davis's yellow card. As he was I know, fa- I'm, I'm totally with you. On both counts, I spotted both of those and I thought, uh, yeah, I- I'm with you. Firstly, Reese Webb, I think Lee Halfpenny nailed a penalty when Reese Webb, uh, I think it, well, I can't remember, it was Blair Cowan trying to get the yeah, back, out the back was. of a ruck and Reese Webb, just, he took a tumble over him on purpose. He could have stepped over and picked up the ball. Blair Cowan was going, I'm out the way, I'm out the way, trying to crawl out the way of the ball. Yeah. And I, I, that, I didn't like that. And, and, and yeah, just, I'm, I'm with you on, I don't know if it's Johnny Beatty or their centre. No, it was Beatty it was. Was um, it? I think it was Beatty. Or Barkley. Beatty. Who, who knows? Um, <laughs> he was falling to the floor. But as he was falling to the floor, he had his hands behind his head. I know, he was he wa- waving sir, his arms in the sir. air. Sir, yeah, I know, I didn't like it. I didn't I, like that at all. This is a classic example of referees not letting the boys play. Because not <laughs> only did he do that for... Well, is it the referee's fault if a player, yes, if a player tries to con him? Right, 
immediately. No, no, he didn't even try and con him. That's, that's, that was the thing. It wasn't a con trick. He just looked at him and said, letter of the law. Just basically did the old mm. Phil defence. Letter of the law. <laughs> and the referee had already been put in an awkward situation because he'd given a yellow card yeah. previously. Yeah, which was definitely a yellow card. Was it a yellow card, though? Because all you can see is Finn Russell thinking, oh, God, you know, a 16-stone man is about to land on me. Best turn my back. It is difficult. It's really difficult. But, yeah, in terms of safety, because of what could have happened, I think it's right. Anyway, listen, um, talking of refereeing, I think the, the last three minutes of the match... Yeah. Were particularly interesting. Well, this ref, Glenn Jackson, right? Is it Saracen's Glenn Jackson? Yes. Right. Who I like, uh, I think it's great that an ex-player has gone into refing. Mm. Cliché, 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 great. Um, <laughs> really meant it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's had an absolute shocker here. Because the two yellow cards are never yellow cards. I don't pay money to go well, and watch I, a game. I, Jonathan Davies one wasn't. But anyway, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. We, we, we can agree and disagree on the others. But he's, I think he, he's deprived me of ten minutes of, of Jonathan Davis at the very minimum. Yeah, <laughs> he's also given that forward pass to the Scotland try, which looking at it two or three times, it looks like the player picks it up off, off the floor. But it goes backwards in the tackle, yeah. and then he picks it up. It was never a knock yeah. on. I don't think it's a knock and on. Uh, and he, he, he gave knock on straight away, even though he was stood directly behind the play. And you'd think, as it led to a try, you would at least use the TMO. Yeah, use the TMO when he's already used the TMO for the um, yeah. Even tackle, after he, tackles yeah. in the air, so and, he, and he awarded a try, and then used the TMO. Would an excited twelve-year-old boy give that try? I think he would. It's a try. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he then, had a bit of a horror. And, depri- the, and deprive the, the game and deprive the game of possibly a grandstand ending with uh, you know Scotland being able to win or draw, and then, well, you could argue he did the same thing again because Scotland have to be time careful. hadn't run out. Nope. Yeah. And Scotland he blew the final whistle. Scotland have to be very careful because they've been in a situation where they nearly beat Wales before and they kicked off straight to Lee Halfpenny, yeah. I think, and then we won. So mm-hmm. the other thing. Uh, which I thought about the game is how good uh, the little Spanish scrum half is. Hidalgo Klein. Yeah, he looks really, really fast. Mm. Yeah, and I just kind of wonder if they'll start playing. If if it wasn't for Laidlaw's kicking, would they not start start Klein? Laidlaw's captain in the team, so <laughs> be pretty yeah. pretty difficult for them to replace him. Yeah, um, I like I like Scotland's. I do like their backline. You you called it earlier in the season, Phil. Like you know, Vern Cotter's added a little bit of steel up front. Yeah, but. They're, they're, they're exciting. They, they try and play. Yeah. Hog is exciting. Hog's I mean, Hog is about exciting. as exciting as anyone that there mm. is at the moment. Agree. Bennett as well, very exciting player. It, it's a pity that Tommy Seymour's been injured these oh, last couple of weeks. Who did Jamie Roberts write off? Uh, uh, Dunbar. I loved that. I that in about the first it. 10 minutes. The, absolutely yeah. smashed it. The doctor will see you now. <laughs> but he got up and had a great game. Yeah, he's a good player. Good combination, the yeah. two, the, the two centres, because Dunbar is a very solid player. So Wales got a couple of bits of rubber the green. They also drove the nail in when they had the chance. They're still not firing on all cylinders yet, but then they, it's exactly the same. Last season, they had a slow... The cog started turning slowly, and then by the end of the championship, they were motoring. Yeah, and also, I stick by what I said last week, which is they're not playing to their potential, even close. It seems that the number one thing that they go to, their go-to move, is the kick it high. So as soon as the ball goes... Worked we, a bit better this time. It did work a bit better. And I think, you know, they've probably done a bit of maths and all the rest of it and said, yeah, we've got a massive set of backs. You know. When it comes to the crunch, if they want a go-to move, for instance, in the first 10 minutes, Dan Bigger had a penalty against him. He hoists it up high. That, to me, isn't really positive play. That's just hoist it high. But they did do a lot more of Jamie Roberts setting a target a lot more. Yeah. yeah. And you saw the difference about when time. they did. Yeah. It was about yeah. time. It's a nice, simple game plan that works. Yeah. France Island... Right, we're going to struggle a bit more now. 
Why? Because you can barely remember any of uh, it. Very, very sketchy recollection of, well, of, of this one. <laughs> I, I do remember a little bit more than Jay, mainly because Jay slept through uh, a lot of that game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was pretty, pretty brutal, wasn't it? Yes, that's the one word that springs to mind. There was claret spilled for the cause on both sides. Yeah, Johnny Sexton's had 12 weeks off um, from concussion and head injuries. And Meets Matthew Bastro. Yeah, head to head with Matthew Bastro. Right. Joe Schmidt, was, head must have been surely, in his hands. Surely that should be Matthew Bastero. That, yeah. That's very good. Is, the, um, is Eddie Butler pronouncing the French names? Is that just getting a little bit tiresome now? I, I, I think he is tiresome. <laughs> it, I, I, I know what you mean. He does it, like over pronounce the Frenchness every he, single time. He even pronounced in a French accent Rory Cocotte yeah. it's like it's just <laughs> South African yeah Scott Spedding very, very well Scott Spedding yeah he did <laughs> come on I just think it's gone a bit much and I, I think I tweeted as much but I, I'm, I'm demanding if you're going to do that Eddie Butler then I want to see you do all the other countries in their accent as well exactly do you know what I think I think very slowly a guy who's been the butt of a lot of jokes is quickly becoming one of the best players in his position in the world that is Matthew Bastrop. I mean, his day is awesome. Everything Matthew Bastrop kicks, yeah. kicks the ball to Mike Brand. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to see Eddie Butler do. No, he's a good player. Uh, he's, he's more than good. He's excellent. And like he does a lot of snuffling on the ground. Yeah. I think he's a little bit underrated just because he's so huge. And, so you know, fat. It's, it's quite, quite easy to make fun of him. Because he's so clearly out of shape and but, needs to lose about five kilos. Uh, and the, re- <laughs> and the rest. <laughs> a good, yeah. 10, 15 kilograms oh, if he lost, can I tell he'd, you he'd be in good shape. A story that my friend told me who met a certain South Sea Islander and backs up my theory about French, French rugby. Where, where are we on that? Is that is that a non-PC term, South Sea Islander? I don't know. I don't know. You know, you know what we mean, one of the Pacific and, Island and it, nations. And if you don't know what we mean, just turn it off. <laughs> this whole podcast will be wasted on you if you don't know what we mean. <laughs> Go on. Right, so my friend, uh, friend of the show... Uh, our last quiz champion was telling me a story about a certain uh, man, an, an ethnic man from South Sea Island. Or I don't know what the PC term is. A, a Tongan. A Tongan. A Fijian. Something like a Fijian. that. And he's a professional rugby player and used to play at Racing Metro. Now, the story goes something like this, which is he was called into his coach's office and the coach said to him, you're 110 kgs now, we want you to be 118 kgs. So he turned around and said, good weight or bad weight? We don't care. Just get to 118 kgs and three weights are on for 60 minutes. Wow. Yeah. There must be some science behind that. Uh, that I, like, being fat is good, but just, just no. contrary to any other science and health and fitness and all the rest of it, I don't well, understand I it. I think if you don't have a salary cap, which effectively they don't, and you can just buy anyone you want, then you don't get the most out of your players because you don't need to be working out how to get the... You know the next five percent out of a Stuart Hooper because mm. you go out and buy the most enormous. <laughs> Ding! Who adds uh, 15, ten minutes, fifteen minutes into the podcast for a Stuart Hooper mention? <laughs> <laughs> because you just don't. You can go out and you can get an up. You can buy an absolute monster, and if that monster doesn't work out, you can go and get yourself another monster. Mm. Yeah, and that's exactly what Toulouse have done. But I, I think it's a bit of an old-fashioned perception that bigger is always better. Oh, completely. But as long as you can assemble the best players in the world, you don't really need to be anything but old-fashioned. So. Uh, how how did you see France? I was actually, I mean, I don't like. It, it doesn't seem particularly French. Their style of play, um, really direct and really simple game plan. But they've got they've got a pack to be rec- uh, that's a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, uh, they've got Matthew Bastro, and he ba- he basically provides them with all their go forward. 
They've mm. also got Teddy Thomas, who can do anything on any given day. I love this guy now. Did you see his <laughs> offload? Yeah, I did. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I just wanted to see him in a little bit more space, but they seem to close down the space quite a lot with the way, the way, the way that they play. No, that's not right. They seem to suck in quite a lot. And these uh, France, France, another one that love, love a good kick chase. Yeah. Yeah. But France were the country of all countries that, that had brilliant skill in northern hemisphere at least that have brilliant skills and were able to do loads of offloads and i just don't see that from them and i want to see i want to see more of it and ireland conversely i i love how they try and offload and joe schmidt has set them up i do sort of think that joe schmidt gets a little bit too much credit for this flowing rugby he he did an extremely good i didn't job. say flowing i didn't say flowing rugby i just said yeah, offloading I just, rugby. Just okay, said like, like the offloads enough, that, they, they, that they they um it's, it's the most it's this it's difficult to do but when it's done it's devastating have you seen oh Bit of other news. I went on a on a the RFU scrum coaching course on Wednesday. It was exciting. Wow. Yeah, but they pointed me in the direction of an island video of them doing scrum practice, and I didn't know this, but they get their eight leading the push in the pack on the theory that if the eight pushes, everyone pushes through through the eight rather than the social loafing of, of the props pushing, but then no one backing up the props. Mm. So if you look at their um, their videos, it's always led by his lip. Well, it won't be in the next game. With his suspected broken vertebrae. Really? Yeah. I did not. I, I did not know that. From the Pascal Pape knee. Was it deliberate? Uh, yeah, yeah. He was, it he, was. He was lucky to get a yellow card. Yeah, and not red. Well, there might be some um, recompense coming his way, I guess. Well, if... it's been cited, so they, I think it could be upgraded. And and they do take um, the severity of the injury into account when giving out a, a ban so Jeez, yeah that's really serious yeah not to point out something you didn't already know <laughs> uh, good to have dj church back though it is yes. keen healy back he's he's just is there a man on earth that looks more looks more like a rugby player than keen healy more like James a loser prop mm. I, I think healy looks no, more James like Huskell a doesn't look like a rugby player does he he looks, he looks like, like a fitness model yeah or a superhero <laughs> and, 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 yeah, he does look like super. He's so top heavy, James Haskell. Mm. Uh, oh, I, I, I love Keane Healy. He's just a wrecking yeah. ball. And Sean, and Sean, Sean O'Brien as well. Sean O'Brien, who finished the tackle in in the 80th minute to push whoever oh. it was into touch. Um, after he's played one game in the last yeah. however many months, it was absolutely super. And not only that, there going. was one particular uh, ruck that. Sean O'Brien took out three Frenchmen <laughs> who were, three Frenchmen were over the ball and Sean O'Brien just came in and just rucked all three of them out completely obliterated the, that was the, the ruck I've seen that little video that was absolutely superb I don't remember any of this <laughs> I don't remember any of it if it's not my highlights I didn't see it and, and let's talk about finally uh, England I, I, I don't think they were worth the scoreline that they beat Italy by I do I thought they were really good I thought not only did I think they were really good I think the narrative around England has changed now. So prior to this tournament, it was like, oh, who, who is their best team? They've got so many questions. You said it yourself. Uh, questions like 10, 13, 6. 9, nine 10, nine, 12, yeah. 13. Well, not anymore, I don't think. I think they're, I mean, they really like George Ford. Uh, Jonathan Joseph, as I predicted, is absolutely tearing it up. I mean, mm. you, could ne- you could never drop, drop him. And Haskell's been exceptional. Yeah. Absolutely exceptional. In fact, the Stuart Lancaster has stumbled into a really good fifteen, and the depth that England have now is frightening. But I, going on to what you said, Tim, I don't think England played particularly well. No. I, I thought partic- particularly their defence was really poor. They conceded, I think, the most line breaks of any in any game, oh, and nice. missed the most tackles of any of any team this weekend. Wow! So two bigger. Uh, 
fact. There you go, Two Phil, the stats. Big negatives. Andy Farrell would be absolutely furious about that. Um, because they, they allowed Italy to score three tries. And three well-taken tries, but yeah, really they well all taken. came because of either <laughs> missed tackles or soft position. If you're going to predict the outcome between England-Italy at Twickenham, it would be large, large England win, three-state try, try early doors. <laughs> I mean, that's what you'd go for. Yeah, the, the other thing is the first 10 minutes. Like yeah. last week against Wales, they could have potentially lost that game in the first 10 minutes. Stuart Lancaster's face was like thunder after about a quarter of an hour. Yeah. He was not a happy boy. Well, um, and they've got, they've, got, they've got an issue at fullback as well now with Mike Brown. They, they don't. They don't have an issue at all. They've got Anthony Watson. Mm. He slots straight in there. That's... An international fullback. I don't know. I, I, well, there's question marks over him at fullback at international level. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, there's question marks goes, over all these guys. Who goes onto the wing? Ireland are going to. Christian Wade. Ireland. No. Are... <laughs> Miles Benjamin. <laughs> <laughs> Ireland are going to target uh, Mike Brown. But um, we've, got, we've got two weeks and until that. Mike Brown. Um, well, Watson. fullback, whoever the fullback yeah, yeah, is. Yeah. What yeah. Watson, sorry. Yeah. But Good, Alex Good played really well at the weekend. Instrumental in. Uh, Saracen taking apart Bath. But isn't he exactly the problem? Yeah, go on. Go on. <laughs> because <laughs> the likes of Alex Cooper, who is a very s- solid, steady Premiership player, without a shadow of a doubt. Owen Farrell, same sort of mould, steady, reliable. Brad Barrett. These are all Lancaster types. And now that they're not in the squad, England finally look like a really good team. Mm. And, and Alex Good is, is the problem. I, I don't think it's a problem. I think he could come in and do a very, very good job for England. And as always, Benders. Benders! Benders, yeah. Listen, we've just mentioned a good that wasn't Andy Good. Oh, <laughs> Listen, here we go. <laughs> so at the weekend, you know, we, we had Sean O'Brien coming back. That's a man we've quite often wanted to hike up a mountain with. There's been a try for Sergio Parise. That's a man we'd follow up a mountain and pitch a tent with. But none of them, as far as JB particularly is concerned, come close to Andy Good. It's a 10-year deal, right? London yeah. Irishes, well, as of oh, next season, thing. London <laughs> Irishes, ten-year deal. Well, we had a bunch of people say that, um, oh, JB will be really happy, not just because Andy Goode's going to London Irish and he's going to stay in the Premiership, but also because JB with a fondness for Bath, that means that Andy Goode will become a Bath player in 2016, <laughs> 17. <sense. laughs> That's what Bath do. They just They're always pill for it. London Irish players. They're always looking for exciting young talent. Why would <laughs> Andy Goode do that? So yeah, what's Brilliantly, uh, Coventry move excellent. Uh, they're in Europe again. Wonderful. They're finally relevant again, and they get rid of the guy who, who built it all. Which sounds, it seems a bit silly uh, because they wouldn't be in Europe without Andy Goode's kicking in the playoff against Stade Francais, uh, and he's just been absolutely superb. You ask any anyone who plays at Wasps, I asked one person, and um, <laughs> they just love him. He makes all the right decisions. I mean, in terms of actual quality Premiership play. You're not getting much better than Andy Good right now. It's perfect. I mean, London Irish signed Chris Noakes, who had some potential. But like you say, what they really need, and, and Shane Garrity hasn't had a bad season. He's been all right at 10. But what you need is someone you know. At London Irish, what they need more than anything is someone that you can rely upon game after game after game after game to put you in the right position. I think yeah. Andy Good is a brilliant signing. Yes. He'll do a job for him for a year or two. Absolutely. Definitely. He will. Definitely. Everybody's happy. I don't. I, I don't think Andy Good will be happy. Mm, happy enough. Well, he's just moved with Wasps to Coventry, his hometown yeah. team. He's doing well. They're in yeah. Europe. 
He's like the littlest hobo. He doesn't like to stick around anywhere too long. He likes <laughs> to keep moving on. Do you ever watch NFL and you see the backup quarterback just holding like like notes and coffee for like the starters? <laughs> do you reckon that's what Joe... Is it Joe Collier? It Joe was Carlyle. Joe Collier. Do, do you reckon that's what Joe Collier does for Andy Goode? Hand, yeah. hands, hands and Coronas and Snickers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Part of it, I reckon, Andy Goode, just like every couple of seasons goes, right, I'll, I'll move on, and then, uh, but I'll, I'll strike up a deal where I arrive at the end of pre-season yeah. to my yes. new club. Yeah, extended rest periods what over mean? the summer. What, what is a coach going to teach Andy Goode about the game plan? <laughs> yeah, I've got a game plan, yeah, I know it. I know all the game plans. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like he's going to benefit from the fitness either. Well, we, I think we, uh, we may well have a Medeski Stadium trip on the cards. Oh, and then, Ooh, yeah, yes. because obviously your brother's there. Yep. The funniest man in rugby, Jeb Sinclair, is there. Yeah. And they've got a North Wellian winger as well, and Andy Femby. Yeah. Uh, before we get onto the Premiership and depart from the Six Nations completely, I've got a little challenge. You guys have just come back from a weekend in Edinburgh, and, um, and, and you've been saying what a brilliant night out Edinburgh was and what a good atmosphere it was, you know, all around the ground. I thought, Let's try and rank the Six Nations teams. Okay. But in some criteria off the pitch. So what I've thought is, right, a, a maximum of 18 points can be scored. Okay. Six for coming top, down to one for coming bottom, mm-hmm. uh, on one of three categories. Kit, stadium, and anthem. So three categories which are like the Six Nations off the pitch. Mm. Very good. I like this. So uh, let's start with the stash then. All right. Uh, who who do you have bottom, Phil? It was a, a toss-up between the game that we watched, to be honest for me. Okay. Do you know what? I'm going to stick up for Scotland. I know it's made by Macron, and that's the worst of the kit manufacturers, in our, in my humble opinion. But I prefer Scotland's kit to Ireland's. Oh, no, I, I like Ireland's. I think this is much better than their so old, their old uh, Puma one. Well, when I first saw the Scotland kit, I oh, thought... Oh, Canterbury's definitely an upgrade on, on exactly, Puma. Exactly. I agree with you that completely on that one. But I don't like... Johnny Sexton popped his collar... Mm. Which I wasn't a big fan of. And I actually quite like the fact that the Scotland, you can pop the collar. I like yeah. that traditional I mean, collar. When I first heard that Macron were making the kit, I thought it was some kind of homage to like BDSM and all that kind of jazz now and just ritual public humiliation for the Scots. <laughs> but the more I look at it, I do like the collar. I like, I like Scotland's and I like, kit. And it's kind of got an old school feel. Now, I know where this, ho- this opinion of mine came from because I saw someone in the stadium who was wearing the old Scotland change kit Deal with the flags the built white, into it. The white with the oh, blue flag oh on it. Oh my god! I nearly that went was into horrible. convulsions. That it was, was horrible. That bad. <laughs> uh, do we all do we all have Wales bottom? No, uh, I do. I have I, Ireland bottom and Scotland then Wales. I have Wales then Ireland then Scotland. I have uh, <laughs> Wales then Scotland then Ireland. I love Under right. Armour. I just don't like the the Wales kit. Yeah, yeah it's the details on the Wales kit. Yeah. The unnecessary details. Right, so Wales are bottom, then Scotland with two points, then Ireland with three points, yeah. and then the top three, are, am I guessing we've all gone England, four, Italy five points, France with a maximum six? France, maximum six. I've actually put um, England ahead of Italy. I really like this current England I stash. think Canterbury have done a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful job with the England kit. So have... And this is not a conflict of interest. Canterbury are, no, it is have conf- done a wonderful job with the England kit. I completely agree with you. As a Canterbury brand ambassador, <laughs> I'm well qualified to speak on these matters. Uh, <laughs> they've done a wonderful job with that kit. It's clean, it's nice. But we're making that decision impartially because it's important, right? It's important we park to one side the fact that Canterbury have donated a prize for our, our fantasy league and they make the best kit. And, it is and, <laughs> it's it's important we just part right for the for the purpose of this. And Canterbury will not mind us speaking honestly. It's important we have an honest voice about this. I punished France because their kit looks like it was 
made up by a 13-year-old that likes computer games. It's gone backwards. <laughs> no. Yes, it gone has. Forward. Yes, it has. All right, so we've, I'm being refereed on this one, and I'm saying France have got six points, Italy five, England four, Scotland th- uh, mm-hmm. I- Ireland three, Scotland two, and Wales one. Yes. So, being refereed, does that mean I do not one of my selections gets in? <laughs> no, no, no. I've, I've, I'm t- it's, it's a balance. It's a balance. Yeah. I'm, I'm right. Okay. Uh, it is uh, a balance. Anthem. <laughs> anthem. Anthem. I've gone France top, Wales second. Uh, Wales top, France, Italy, Scotland, Ireland, England. There's not really a, a terrible anthem other than England. In- yeah, I agree. England, I agree. England last. And if if there was an opportunity to do negative points, I would do negative points for England because I think there is such a massive chasm between England and in fact and all the other five, six nations countries in terms of the anthem. I detest... I'm an atheist and I'm a Republican. No, you're not a Republican. I am. You're a Republican. I, 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 would, I would get rid of the royal family tomorrow if, if I... Uh, but that's politics. We don't need to... We don't, it doesn't, don't need to dwell on that. The point is, it doesn't, it doesn't represent me or any of my beliefs, that anthem, and I'm jealous every time I hear one of the other nations' anthems. Well, from a purely song point of view, I mean, Wales is good, fine. Um... I, France is very, very, very stirring. Yeah. The, the French and the Italian ones are a bit more upbeat, aren't they? Yeah. Now, Ireland I've put not last, because I don't like the actual anthem, but I do love the one written by... Uh, I want to say Michael. Well, that's the one I'm kind of judging, yeah. to be honest. Michael Ball, is it? Or something like that? Michael Ball. Who was it? No, no, no it's, that it was, sounds ridiculous. Yeah, it was someone... Who who wrote that anthem? Find out. Uh, uh, anyway, tell us, what, what, while, we're all, while we're working that out, Phil, what, what order did you put them in? Similar to you, Eng- England last... Um, Scotland second last, and then I, I like all the others, and it's hard to yeah. it's hard to really yeah it's hard, order them. It's like the Scotland one for years. When you hear the Scottish anthem, you know it's about to be followed by dreadful rugby. So by association, you don't like the anthem. I but love it's a that great anthem, and I love that second verse done yeah. silent. It's brilliant, it's brilliant. And they've stopped chanting in between the verses now, have they? Yeah, which I thought was weird. I thought they'd be going crazy for it. I thought there was one bit at the weekend when I was watching that Johnny Gray did the shouty bit in the middle <laughs> himself. <laughs> I'm going to have to watch that back and check if I got that right. So we've got England, one point. Scotland, two points. Ireland, three points. Italy, four points. Yeah. And then which one did you have top, Phil? Wales, for me. Yeah, I'm going to go Wales top. Go Wales, go Wales. It doesn't matter too much. And France, five points. Um, okay, and then stadium. Right, this is easy. E- easy top, right? Wales. Wales. Yep. Yeah. Easy. England next for me. Yeah, I've got England next. Yeah, I like England. Twickenham, when, I, I, when I went there, oh, a guest, oh. when I was guest of Canterbury uh, <laughs> in the Autumn <Oscar laughs> Internationals. The walk. It was Ri- wonderful. The walk from Richmond to England is one of the most civilised and comforting things that you can ever do. Um, <laughs> and also, to me, it felt the most alien because I was the only person not in a barber jacket um, or <laughs> tweed or mustard chinos. Oh, all great things. Yeah. <laughs> In the same way that the Millennium Stadium is a stadium based about Welsh rugby, is exactly what like tw- uh, Twickenham is for the English. If you look, however, at someone, someone like the Aviva, I think that's just a soulless new stadium, and I don't yeah. have any time for that. I've put Scotland at the bottom and Ireland second bottom. But from mm. from a stadium point of view, the atmosphere at the Aviva, I do think it gets really good, well, just, not... be- just because of the people there. I can't vouch for this, though. I have been to the French stadium. What a hellhole. Really? <laughs> I mean, it's a nice bit of engineering, if you know that's what you're into. But the area is rubbish. It's a long way out, It's a long it? way out. Yeah. It's, in fact, it's a horrible area. Do not go there. And you feel like, when you watch on TV, it feels like the crowd are a long, long way away. You don't yeah. feel like... Like, when you watch the Millennium Stadium, you, it's like it, everyone's right on top exactly. of the pitch. And also, they've got, like, cages everywhere. 
like separating different segments oh, right. of, okay, of yeah, the crowd. Yeah. I don't know if that's a football, football thing, thing or what. Yeah. But the Claremont fans, I want to say they couldn't mix with the Stadford fan, fans, which is a bit weird. What order have you got? Wales top, England second. Italy. I've, got, yeah, I've I, gone Italy I like third. It. I like Italy. I have France, it's... but I'm going to have Scotland, then France, then the Aviva. Uh, I'd probably put hmm, Scotland behind behind the Aviva. I put Scotland behind the Aviva, so you're outvoted on that one, Jay. Yeah, I'll go with that. Uh, so that on that basis, that leaves our Six Nations table off the field table championship as Scotland having six points, Ireland second bottom with seven points, England having ten points, Wales twelve, Italy thirteen, France fourteen. France 14. Have I got that right? Wow. Well, um, Might have got that right. How France win this? Hold on a minute. Kit, anthem. Yeah. Kit anthem. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, stadium. of course. Because yeah, you did it wrong, didn't you? Get get a grip, gents. Get well, a grip. you know, if if you are of one of those nationalities or not, even or just generally disagree, then uh, have your say. At Rugby Podcast is where you can find us on Twitter. Can I say thank you again for the comments on iTunes? By the way, um, we got up to one of the highest iTunes chart positions we've got to in a while. We know there's more people listening than ever, and thank you very very much for that. It's, it's, it's absolutely brilliant. Uh, keep your feedback and your reviews and stuff going. This isn't just fishing for compliments. Any feedback, good or bad or whatever, is great. And it also, on iTunes, if you do it on the iTunes feedback section it, uh, and give us a star and give us a rating and any thoughts, it helps get us up the charts and get us back up above all other rugby podcasts on the planet as we were this week. The biggest mm. rugby podcast in the world. In Thank the, in the universe. In the, I, think. I think in the uni- I think that's fair. In the in the known universe. Yeah. One thing we do know is if we've got one of the biggest, if, if not the biggest, private league in the ESPN Fantasy Rugby for the Six Nations Championship. Over 600 teams. Really? I know that we are far from both, both my team, Phil's team, and our collective Egg Chasers team is far from at the top of the table. We're not doing very well. We're about mid-table mediocrity at best. Yeah, around the 300 out of 600 mark. But there are 600 people and there is £250 worth of Canterbury stash to you if you win the league. So um, thank you very much if you've got involved in that. Phil, do you want to shout a couple of people? Uh, yeah, Top two, top last week was uh, my Mickey Stacy with Marla for Prime Minister. He's been usurped at the top by Michael Clark with Windwalkers. Uh, and just who's sh- in his team then? Did he go and pick Marisi, the Italian, or anything like that? Uh, Have a look at his quick, fifteen. Quick look: uh, Jonathan Joseph, George Ford, Clarice, Vunipola, uh, Alan Wynne Jones, um, and then a shout out to the highest scoring team of this last week. Oh, it just kicked me out. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. It doesn't matter. Okay. Any- okay. Whoever, you you know who you are. Biggest podcast in the universe. Biggest private league on the ESPN Fantasy Rugby site. And thank you very much for getting involved. In there, and, and hopefully we'll uh, be able to reward your team if you come out on top. It was it was Ali Stokes with Alpha Ali 15, who scored 89 points this week. Ooh, well done. Yeah. Halfpenny, Joseph, Hogg, Ford. Reese Webb, Parise, Vonipola, all the rest. Uh, by the way, it was Phil Coulter was the guy who wrote Ireland's Call, the Irish anthem. I don't know where I got. Someone was uh, someone was telling us this weekend that it was was it Michael Ball they were trying there to is, tell us. There was definitely someone fairly famous either sung it or done something. Is he that guy that was like the Phantom of the Opera and then ballooned in weight and is on like Radio Two or something? You're the radio guy. You're asking the wrong guys, Tim. Uh, right, we have got. Um, well, we're going to talk about the Premiership and look ahead to what is coming up this weekend with more Premiership Pro 12, Super Rugby and all the rest of it. We have got, Phil's got a little quiz question, a little brief break then. 
I've got this, a couple of things for you. Firstly, um, Martin Castro Giovanni talking about his perfect Valentine's Day and what you should do. Oh, God. Um, for me, St. Valentine's is every day. I am a lover, and for me, I'm a girlfriend, St. Valentine's is every day. I don't need St. Valentine's once a year. For me, I am St. Valentine every single day. But if I need to choose a, a romantic dinner, I will take to a, a good restaurant, maybe a beautiful view over the, the sea or somewhere no. nice. Oysters, champagne, obviously, and to finish a nice dessert, exotic dessert, to have a good after in the room after. <laughs> Castro's a legend. Oh, a little bit uncomfortable listening to that. And uh, what about this then? This is from the, the Sevens in Las Vegas over the weekend. Charlie Hayter scoring a try for England and a brilliant bit of commentary from the American. So Charlie Hayter, he's scoring in the corner and he manages to collect the ball and in order to get the ball down before he goes into touch, he ends up doing a bit of a somersault and uh, I just I, I just like the commentary. The foot and Hayter on the chase. If he gets a bounce to keep it in. Oh, beautiful. Oh. Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Maybe we should enjoy that one more time. Keep it in. Oh, beautiful. Oh. Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> oh, I had a terrible moment today. <laughs> Do you know the way his voice kind of broke a little bit there? I, yeah. I didn't mean to sound like that. Oh, at least I hope he didn't. I was in my I was in my car. I had a very Tim Cocker moment. Uh, I had a social conscience. And, you? Uh, yes. No, I'm not, I'm, I'm not buying that. I'm driving out of my road, and across the way, I see three kind of bald, tough-looking guys walking up past Costa. And one of them gets his bag of rubbish throws it on the floor, and then kicks it underneath the car. So I, this makes me furious. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wind, you, I can see this would make you very angry, Tim. This is the sort of thing which would get, get you. Wind out my window. and Oi, pick it up! <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no! <laughs> and I just sped off. Uh... Right, um, and also, uh, well, 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 we've had Castro Giovanni talking about Valentine's Day. Um, the one thing for Valentine's Day, and we mentioned a rugby player who plays at the club JB plays at... Swerved playing a match for his team in order to go and watch well, Fifty Shades of Grey update, in the afternoon. Update on that story. Oh yeah. Uh, you also did you use that for your radio show? I mentioned it on the radio. Yeah. He he backed down. Did he? <laughs> yeah. So there is good. some good. <laughs> good. Excellent. We did the right thing anyway. <laughs> you went for cocktails instead. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, really? Fifty Shades of Grey has been the big thing. Um, well, no pun intended, um, in the last couple of weeks. Everyone's been talking about it. So um, JB's been busy preparing a, a 50 shades of grey 15 for rugby. Or mm. 15 shades of grey. Yeah, 15 positions of grey. 15 positions of grey. Go on then, give us your <laughs> steamy, hot 15 shades of grey. Do you know what, I, I miss the 15s. Obviously we've run out of them, which is why we don't do them anymore. Oh, but if you've got a suge- if you, we've got a couple in the bag that yeah, we, that we could do yeah, sometime. There's one or two, but they're all really hard to find. Yeah, and if you've got a suggestion for a 15, this is where we pick a topic and then we pick a team that fit into that topic. So if you've got a suggestion, at Rugby Podcast, let us know on Twitter and, uh, and we could be doing that next week. Yeah, and do you know what? Some of these you could not write. One in particular is brilliant. Go on. So I've got Ken Gray, who is the old New Zealand prop who played through the 60s and 70s. Yes, <laughs> Ken Gray, not, go on. Not uh, Dean Grayling? No, not South Dean Grayling. South African prop. 
Oh. Sorry, that one. sorry. No, we didn't. We can have that one. Anyway, have, go on. Have them both. Next up. Anyone know Hooker? He's a... Yeah, yeah uh, Joe Gray. Joe, Joe Gray. Joe Gray. Go on. <laughs> Lewis Gray. Uh, sorry, Lewis Gray, who plays the Stockton on Tees, is the only other prop I can find. <laughs> well, we Dean Grayling. Dean Grayling. Dean Grayling. Might have a shout there. Go on, then. Second row. Ooh, we... I wonder where we could go Ooh, with second yes, row. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, Johnny and Richie. Correct. And then from this guy, who, who dropped a few memories... Remember Scotty Gray? Yeah, sales, uh, no, not sales shows. He played Scotland, Scotland, yeah, Scotland, Scotland Northampton. Northampton, Northampton, Northampton. That's it. And, uh, Frank, yeah. He's now a, wa- a water polo coach in a, a school <laughs> in Zimbabwe. Or something, wow, I think. Or no, he's from Zimbabwe. Okay, he's a water polo coach. Yes, uh, I somewhere. remember. So right, this is, is brilliant. I couldn't believe this one. Alex Gray from London Irish. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah. His Twitter handle is he's a Alex. sevens international now. Yes, he is. His Twitter handle is Alex Shaggy Gray. <laughs> oh wow What are the chances of that Awesome uh, Now You're going to have to help me with this one um, Saracen's player Malik Malk What's his name The one who retired uh, Mike Oh the he, German Yes Oh Just uh, Melk Melk Justin Melk Justin Melk I've got him in there Because he was getting a bit, little bit salt and peppery He was very, very salt and peppery And those Germans are pretty kinky <laughs> So <laughs> All oh, right, okay, fine. If you can think of a surname, uh, someone with a surname Gray who plays number eight, then let us know at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. Go on, Jay. Then at nine, big sexy himself, Mike Phillips. Oh, you've not you've not gone for Scottish international Grayson Hart. Grayson Hart is on there as well. Yeah. But then I thought, who likes handcuffs more than Mike Phillips outside of McDonald's <laughs> in Cardiff? So I went with Mike Phillips. All right. Uh, ten, you can probably guess. Paul Grayson. Paul Grayson. Twelve. Uh, there's a, an old Australian player called Nathan Gray. Correct. Yes. Oh, good shout. Who smashed. Good get. Uh, O'Driscoll. Oh, in, in the, the li- first Lions test. 2001. Yes. Mm. Absolutely smashed him. Um, unfortunately, that in that li- Lions test, that, that didn't end up with them changing all the rules just to, just to suit, uh, suit O'Driscoll. Um, Charlie Gray. Plays for Lemington. Scored a hat trick. <laughs> Lemington. <laughs> hey, good team. <laughs> Uh, now I'm starting to struggle now. Yeah, sure, sure. Really, really starting to struggle. So I've got him on wing. Philip Bernard Sals. He was a silver fox. <laughs> yeah, the greatest man on earth. <laughs> um, well, that could be actually any, any of the academy boys. But we'll we'll come back to that. Tom Evans. Tom now, Evans. Maybe you could explain this one. Oh yes, this is uh, my fact for the for the podcast for today. Tom Evans, uh, who of course retired. Um, and amongst other things, like you know, shacking up with Kelly Brook for a bit, he also auditioned to be play the part of Christine Grey in uh. Fifty Shades of Grey. Fact. He got an audition, so yeah, that, that would work. He's very handsome. Isn't there a player called Grayson Hart that plays somewhere? Up yes, in yeah, we just got him. Scrum off, sorry. Just mentioned him, yeah. All oh, right, yeah, the one you just mentioned, yeah. <laughs> yeah, good one. And Arthur Gray is a Scottish fullback from like eighteen hundreds or something. So we've got him as well. <laughs> It could be New Zealander. Don't know. Excellent. <laughs> well done. Good. So, so, by, by the way, on Friday, I think it's Friday, I started assembling a team of Georges. I don't know why, just did. Made a list of, list of Georges, putting them in, into position. Could do it for St George's Day. Oh, oh brilliant. Very good. Well, let me just coming tell up you, in a month or two. Very yeah. few play, uh, players' names. Because George is a fairly unusual name. Not that unusual, but still. Um, World class, world class outfit. Gregan, George Smith. Yeah. yeah, yeah. North, George North. Ford. 
George Lowe. Ford, George Lowe. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Jamie, George. Yeah, Jamie George. There's uh, Skivington. Does that count? Um, <laughs> yeah, very talented backline. Uh, the Georges have. Well, we'll look forward to that one in a couple of months. If you've got an idea for 15, <laughs> at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. Right. Um, well, let's, let's briefly talk about the, the premiership that's been. We'll do a little quiz question with Phil and then we'll come back and talk about the matches coming up this weekend. So, I didn't see a lot of the premiership this weekend. I used up most of my time singing my songs free time that I, that I had away from wife and kids and whatnot uh, on the Six Nations. You boys spent a lot of time just on it in Edinburgh. <laughs> yeah. So yes, yes. Did you, what, what did you get to see of the Pro 12 Super Rugby or Premiership? I saw the Mighty Ulster had a 40-point win against uh, Treviso. Oh. And Dragons I was... had a good win, though, didn't oh, they, they did. in the Pro Pat 12? Away, yeah, away at Leinster. Yeah, that's Pat a huge Leach. win. Now, I can't confirm this, but I have no reason to suspect it is not true. Pat Leach scored the best try scored by any man ever in any game of rugby <laughs> in history is of the game. Is that former Colwyn Bay... Star is, Well, say former Colin Bay. He's still a star. I've watched most of the highlights from the weekend. Saracens versus Bath was quite a good game. Very good performance by Saracens. Right, I think we need to to, to revisit this because I wonder if Tim's had enough time to reconsider his his position about my premiership seedings. Uh, no, we haven't got time. Okay, <laughs> is the answer. Another time. Hear me now, believe me later. <laughs> and wasps took apart Harlequins. Yeah, they that did. Didn't surpri- that doesn't surprise me. Uh, absolutely took them apart. Um, really good performance by wasps. Oh, a bit of rugby news yes. as well. Um, George Robson leaving to, to Oyanax, which sounds a little bit uninspired, but still, mm. best of luck. Yeah. Yeah. Exeter demolished uh, Newcastle, and um, we, we got some messages on that one, actually. In fact, I believe, and we should officially... Oh, hold on. I'll get something to properly welcome him. This is the first podcast that Toot Toot Thomas Waldrum will be listening to. He told one of our followers, Fatty Matty, he would check us out. I then was part of the tweet, which Fatty Matty then sent to Thomas uh, Waldrum. So, uh, yeah, Waldrum's on board. Go, 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 go. I meant to play the Thomas the Tank Engine theme tune. (laughs) What is this? (laughs) Thomas the Tank Engine with 50 cents in the club, by the sound of it. I was just meant to play Thomas the Tank Engine, but anyway. You radio types. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) More tries for Thomas Waldrum. Yeah, taking care of business. What a player. What a man. Uh, exactly. So, yeah, we apologise. We didn't see a massive amount of the other rugby that was going on. We, Me and Jay both did watch um, Leicester-Gloucester. No, OK, let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's recap days. on that. Was there anything worth talking about? No. There wasn't really, was there? It was pretty dull. A lot, lot of kicks. Was it was it? Poor condition. Yeah, Freddie Burns played well. Uh, so, yeah, solid. Some of his kicks from hand was very good. Yeah. Um, and, and of course, he'll be. We were seeing a lot more of him because Owen Williams is out for nine months. Nine months, yeah. That's, nine yeah, months. That's what? a hell of an injury. Yeah, yeah. it's crucial, isn't it? Yes, it is. Chin up and get well soon. Just a bit of a Miles Benjamin update. So Leicester was struggling. Miles Benjamin came comes on for ten minutes. Not only does he shore up all the rucks, he hits a lot of rucks. At that <laughs> um, well, that's the first thing I. That's the well, first look, attribute look, I look be- for in a winger. I'm, I'm all about positivity. Um, <laughs> he, he's hitting a lot of rucks. Uh, Genius stroke by Richard Cockrell just to, to close out the game. But the point part was, when he came on, not a single point was conceded. Yes, and correct. And he scored Sorry. three points. Not quite, Kind of, yeah. Not quite kind correct. Of, yeah. In the same minute as he came on, they did score three points. That is correct. But it was 
chronologically not quite right. Yeah, I think it was. So um, that would have meant that they'd have won 24-0 if Miles if... Benjamin had to play the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you live, you learn. You can't play them all the time, can you? Yeah, I know. Out the <laughs> oh, dearie me. Right, um, <laughs> let's get into Phil's quick quiz question then, Phil. Oh, well, it's not just a quick quiz question, it is a quiz. Ooh. Oh, it's a, qu- a proper qu- old school quiz. Almost like... Seven questions. Oh, wow. Here we go. Oh, this is... Isht just got real. (laughs) Go on then, Phil. So, are we going to do question, then answer, and then the next question, then answer, or...? Uh, We'll go through all the questions first. You write them down. Okay. And then we'll go through the answers. So, standard standard quiz format. Standard quiz format. Right. Question one. Yeah. If you were to be awarded the golden boot in the Guinness Pro 12, what would you have achieved? Okay. Question two. Yeah. What did Wasps have to change in the Rico Arena tunnel when they moved in? Okay. Okay. Question three. Who is the highest scoring forward in international rugby Uh, of uh, all time? Okay. Okay. Question four. Simon Zebo's father was in the crowd watching Ireland versus France this week weekend wearing something slightly unusual what was it okay (laughs) no idea question number five what is the oldest rugby club in england nicknamed the club or just club i have a guess i've got a clue i'm not doing well today (laughs) Jay, if you que- don't if you don't win today, you never will. <laughs> Question six, an easy one. Who's currently the top point scorer in this year's Six Nations? It's only two rounds, so it should be easy. The top point scorer in this top year. point scorer in this year's Six Nations. Okay. Final question. England under twenties lost to Wales under twenties for the first time ever last Saturday, as we mentioned on last week's pod. The England players who played in that game could theoretically switch allegiances and play a full international for any other country they are eligible for. However, all of the Wales players are now tied to only play for Wales for any future internationals. Why? So if you play for England under-20s, you could potentially switch to anyone else that you're eligible for on residency or parents, grandparents. If you play for Wales under 20s, you can only play for Wales. Why? Okay. Wowzers, that's that's difficult. (laughs) Tough quiz this week. Wow. Okay. Okay, number one. Golden boot in the Pro 12. Most kicked points? Most points. No. In the Pro 12, the golden boot is given for the most accurate kicker. Oh, what? (laughs) So, wow. more, More than 20 kicks, yet the highest percentage. Great. Because JJ Harahan won it last year. Uh, and I was I obviously thought yeah. he, he didn't play that much, so I was astonished and then looked it up. Okay. Wow. Question two. Uh Wasps what did they change in the tunnel? I'm gonna guess it's a low sign. A low sign, okay. I, I, I did was it have to change or was it did they change? It's, they did change. I've put like a wall mural, like a badge uh, logo. Jay's close, but not quite right. Oh, oh, it was it was the ceiling height. Oh. The ceiling height of the tunnel was too low. 
Could I get a point for that? Because no one else is getting it. it <laughs> no, no. 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 Uh, next. Next, highest scoring forward in international rugby. Neil Back. Johnny Yules. Whoa, oh, why? kicker for Australia. <laughs> of course he was. One, one penalty ever. Simon Zebo's dad. I said he was wearing a wig. A Hawaiian <laughs> shirt. <laughs> uh, no, and no, he was wearing a France shirt. Uh, why? Uh, he was born in Martinique, French. I thought he was French overseas region. He... I love that. I love this afterwards. Oh, yeah, yeah, I knew that. <laughs> I'm so going to say this thing to do with Martinique. All right, Martinique. Oldest, oldest, com- oh, sorry, go on. He competed for France in the 800 meters in the itinerary. Wow, an athlete. For, That's awesome for France. Yes. Uh, so the the oldest club in England, I guessed Blackheath. I guessed Blackheath as well. The club is correct. Oh. oh. <laughs> Uh, now this one, uh, highest point scorer. I said George Ford. I said George Ford. George Ford is correct. Oh. Is that two points each? Yeah. yeah. So we're down to the Wales question then. Why are they not eligible to play after playing for the under twenties? My guess was because Wales doesn't have an A team, so it's effectively Wales' oh, second that's team. A real good guess. I. Well, the Wales do have an A team actually. Oh, do they? Yeah. Damn it. Um, I have put something to do with Aaron Shingler. Because I think there was some controversy over could he play or not, and they've got a test case saying that. He... Oh, it's a Welshman! It's a Welshman answering the question. <laughs> well, this could be the winner. I think it's something to do with Aaron Shingler, but I don't know the exact answer. <laughs> I can tell you, one of you is correct, and it is G- it is Tim. Oh! <laughs> it is because they currently don't have an operating second team. I thought they bought the second team back. Well, they're not playing any games at the moment. <laughs> they're talking about bringing it back, but they haven't done yet. If you play for any international side's second team, you are then tied to that team. Oh, and the under twenties, yeah! the under twenties is effectively Wales's second team. Woo! But yes, uh, one of the Shinglers was it, the case. Was a Shingler test case? Was a test case because he played for the under twenties and then tried to go to Scotland. I no, Mal Jay just cannot win a quiz. Yes. <laughs> God uh, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so we've got no. We've got a break from the Six Nations. Of course, we'll be we'll be previewing round three of the Six Nations next week, obviously, but. Uh, it's Premiership, it's Pro 12, it's Super Rugby this week. Let's start with the Aviva Premiership and the fixtures get underway this Friday night with a game at Newcastle. They host Wasps. Newcastle got taken to the cleaners by Exeter. Wasps equally had a convincing win against Quinns. At home, Newcastle are a different beast. Yes, definitely, definitely. Um, they are missing the, the mighty Kieran Brooks, though. Mm. And he is mighty. Um I'd go for Wasps. I think I'll go Wasps. Just, I think they've got more than enough firepower. Um, Wasps to beat Newcastle? Yes. 100%. Andy Goode. Sale at home to Saracens. This is a game I think Sale could win. Yeah. This is exactly the kind of game that should be played at this time of year. Um, I'm not brave enough to say Sale, though. Yeah. Saracens still have a lot of of depth, don't they? I'm going to call it a Sale win. Mm. Sale home win. Hmm. I think Saracens are just going to do enough. The Wolfpack will grind it out. I think the Wolfpack. With Hodgson pulling the strings. I suppose Vunipolo will probably be released back to play. Uh, Mako. Mako might, might be. Shouldn't they just all have a week off? Get Look, some game time. Yeah, I know, because he hasn't played much. I don't know. It'll yeah. be interesting to see what they do with that. If he's got any minor And Wigglesworth knocks, as well, yeah. maybe. Mm. Yeah, Wigglesworth. Any minor knocks and they, they won't do, but... But it's a big game against Ireland, isn't it? So they want everyone fresh and available. Um, so, Gloucester... London Welsh don't even need to bother. Let's move yeah, on. Yeah, God, London Welsh are just <sighs> falling apart, aren't they? Mm. Uh, Quinns against Exeter. Bit of a tasty game. Quinns shorn of a couple of England players and didn't play well, but at home are better. Much like Newcastle will put up a, more of a test against Exeter, who again, at home, 
smashed their opponents last week. Yeah, I reckon Exeter could do this on the road. They're, they're hardly yeah, miss, they're hard, the sort of team that could do it. They're hardly missing anyone as well. Like they're England players, um, or people in the England setup, like Waldrum, like Ewers, like Noel, like Slade. They're all playing and available. I think half of those players scored at the weekend. Mm. So. See, this my seeding system is so important. <laughs> another time. Yeah, uh, it really another, is. Another time. I, X- I'm with you. I think it could work. I'm going to go for Exeter away as well. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I will. Because the, the players that Harlequins lose, Nick Easter, Mike Brown. And then uh, the hobby, the team. Joe, Joe have, Marler, captain. Rob Shaw. Average. Um, they do have Danny Kerr, though. <laughs> they do. And he yes. is the heartbeat of that team. That's what everyone else does. When he plays well, they play well. Without, with Nick, Nick Easter, Marler and Rob Shaw not giving you quick front football. Look, no. they, 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 they never rare, no, they never always win. They when rarely he plays, win. Or they re- no, hang on, what am I trying to say here? <laughs> when when he plays, know. that doesn't guarantee a win, but when he doesn't play, it is guaranteed, guaranteeing a loss. Yeah, I, I think Danny Kerr, on his own, doesn't have enough. I think, I think they, mm. they missed all those other players Nick, more. You've got Danny Kerr, you've got Nick Evans, you've got a chance, but yeah, yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. Let's jump to Sunday for a second. London Irish host Leicester. Again, London Irish, this is the sort of time you might want to play Leicester. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, wow, London Irish could potentially do the double over Leicester. Yeah. Oh yeah, they won at Welford Road. Leicester will want some payback for that. You won me a lot of money, that. Leicester can still put out a pretty pretty solid... Certainly their tight five is still pretty good. They weren't that impressive on the weekend, though, were they? They were kind of very... I, their tight five was pretty good. The, mm. the game was poor in terrible conditions, but Ayertza, um Briggs, Money Polar, you could have Bradthorne and Kitchener in the row. So powerful, isn't London it? Irish had a bit of, bit more, quite a bit of steel in their defeat last weekend. Yeah, but they, and they are missing their important guys. I mean, whether Blair Carroll will be released if he plays or not, I don't know. No. But he's very important to what they do. Yeah, definitely. So I, I think Leicester, Leicester on the road, again, should have enough to grind it out. It probably won't also, be, won't be very pretty. Also, a massive high as well. I'm going to go for Irish. I'm going for Irish. Um, um, and then the big game. Leicester. And then what a game. Bath against Northampton at the wreck. I mean, this is tasty, albeit we're, we're denied a showdown. We're, well, we're denied seeing the two teams as they should be. And if this affects Bath, if Bath's two defeats in this run... Well, this is why there's a top four. If it was just top of the league wins, they wouldn't have this format. Well, they used to. No, they, they no, have this no. format because it's a huge revenue raiser at Twickenham at the end of the season. And, you know, it creates great rugby. But this isn't the game that should be happening now. It should be happening... It should be happening the first week back <laughs> after the Aviva. Jay, I agree, but you've made your point over and over and over again. And Let's talk to... about this game as it's going to take place right, this week. in that case, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go for Bath, Bath at home. Yeah, Bath at home. It'll be interesting to see where Burgess plays, because he played 13, didn't he? Did he play well? Does anyone know? Has anyone got any video evidence of him playing? I've watched the highlights. Um, Saracens, for certainly the first 65, 65 minutes, were a much know. better team. I'd love to know what the video guys are seeing from, from Burgess. They're happy with him. And He's like the analysis of his performances at, th- at 13. Both, just to see what they're working on, on, on with him at the moment. Mm. It's, if he's going to move to the back row, he's got to do it now. Now it's got I, to be. Yeah. I, I, you, you've had enough time getting used to it. I, I do agree. They need to make sure if they're going to play him at 12, he's going to be the next Sunnyville and not the next Willie Mason. <laughs> it could go either way. I'm going for a home win. Jay? Home, home win for me. I think Northampton will have too much. Okay. Really? I do, yeah. Uh, Pro 12, let's rattle through these then. Treviso, Cardiff Blues is on Friday night. Blues. Blues. Who's watching that? 
<laughs> Edinburgh, Edinburgh, Ulster. Ulster. Oh, that's better. Ed, um, uh, should be a good game, actually. Yeah. Well, it, they've got like, of all the international players. I don't know. No. Uh, pick, pick one. Ulster. I'll go with yeah. that. <laughs> Leinster, Zebra. Leinster, to Leinster. correct. Correct. Last weekend's. On mistake. Saturday, Scarlet's Munster. Hmm. That's Scarlet's. interesting. Yeah, maybe Scarlet's at home can do it. Mm. Yeah. Munster, Munster losing a few players. I'll go with that. Glasgow Ospreys. Uh, Glasgow. Glas- Glasgow. Glasgow. Glasgow, yeah. And... But Glasgow probably have the weakest team out of everyone in during the internationals because yeah. they lose... like Everyone. Yeah, everyone. And on the Sunday, you've got the Dragons. I unleash the Dragons against Connacht. Again, should be quite a good game. Uh, yeah, Dragons for me. Dragons can keep that form up. As long as they start Pat, Pat Leach, they've always got chance. <laughs> Uh, and I'm going to get into the Super Rugby this weekend. I missed the first weekend of matches, to be perfectly honest, because of all the Six Nations. I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad my, the schedule's a bit oh, lighter. I, I watched some Super Rugby, did I? Yeah, I, we, I think we both caught a bit of uh, Chiefs versus the Blues. Yeah, well, how, when did we do that? Saturday morning. At your house? Uh, no. Well, I, did I, I just watch it. I can't get in. I can't get into it totally. For some reason, I don't like watching the South African teams. I don't know why. No, it's weird, that isn't it? The yeah. kind of thing, I think because their kit looks all retro as well. Like it's got a bad South African taste about it. <laughs> um, listen, at Rugby Podcast is where you can find us on Twitter. We will be tweeting and talking about rugby, and we want to hear from you there. Keep your reviews coming and your star ratings and whatnot on iTunes, and thank you very much for helping us get up the charts. Uh, we don't have any means of advertising ourselves. It's just, mm. wor- it's just word of mouth, and yeah. it's, it's by being visible there on the iTunes chart. And but you- watch this space. Nice one, JB. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, JB. Nice one, Phil. Cheers, Tim. In a bit. Bye. Cirque du Soleil. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.